So I just got on here. My computer restarted. We're running late. It's going to be a short show. Jimmy has to go do a thing. So there. Jimmy, David, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I've been jamming. We're doing the show project, and they asked us not to say for whom, but we can say it's a Tavia project, obviously, and everyone's been posting like crazy, including some of the executive producers, which I'm really surprised. I've never seen executive producers on a show post like they're teenagers <laughs> the way they've been <laughs> posting on this show. You'll notice some of the guys that we've been retweeting, they're kind of strangers to the maker universe, so you'll recognize that they're not part of our team, but they're part of this team. And the uh, the show's been going great. We shot so far two full days, and it was really it was really nerve wracking because the first day, I have to interact with people on a TV screen. It's part of the concept of the show, and they're uh, uh, they're not actors, and so it's kind of I have to kind of do like a Johnny Carson thing where I have to kind of do like David Letterman, Johnny Carson, and keep the conversation going. And it's mm-hmm. not easy. And that you know, they said don't worry about any gaps or flubs because it's going to really be edited tight to kind of punch up the comedy. So. It, it went well. Surprisingly, I was very nervous to sit there and do that. And it's going to be something I'm going to have to do every episode. Uh, but it's uh, it's it actually went well, and it was a lot of fun. And there's a lot of little technical glitches that everyone's trying to work out. But it's fun to see the the entire creative process of the writing team and the producing team and, and then our team. And the guys are really, we're all having a lot of fun. And you can see who our team is online. I don't want to have to explicitly say it only because I don't want to get in trouble, but you can see who's in the in the cast because <clears throat> we all keep reposting and retweeting everything. But it's uh it's it's been incredibly fun. It's 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 like the culmination of all the seven or eight shows that I've either done directly or been involved with. And it it's all coming out through this weird it's funny, one of the guys says it's a Trojan, one of the writers of the show said it's a Trojan horse disguised as a building show. Mm meaning it's a comedy disguised as a building show. So we'll see. <clears throat> they really want to make a family-friendly show. And uh, the executive from the network was here for two days so far, and she's really, really enjoying what she's seeing. Awesome. So it's exciting. It's all very, very exciting, and there's like a 1,000 people here every day. Like I can look out my kitchen window right now, and I can see <clears throat> two cars have shown up because uh, they're all parking across the parking lot. They made a deal with the owner across the street to park in his lot. But it's like right in the grass. It's not really a parking lot. It's just an empty lot. And in about five minutes, there's going to be 25 <laughs> cars there. Then they all go down like zombies. They all go down to the backyard and the, and the barn. But nobody comes in the house. So that's good. The house is off limits. Actually, not even one person from the production has even been in the house today or, or this that's since awesome. we started. <clears throat> and we have a very special guest on the production team. She's uh, Justine Silver, who was the winner of season two oh. of Making It. And so she oh. was, she's, she's one of the uh, field producers for like the crafts and the, and the artwork and stuff that we're going to be doing. So she's been a, a tremendous help and she's, uh, she's really happy to be on this show where it's, it's a little bit more of the vision of like what mm. a maker would want to do as opposed to what she was doing on making. I remember it. she was, so. she was very talented. She had a really cool uh, kind of style to the stuff that she did. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Justine, if you guys want to look her up, she was the winner of season two, Justine Silver. And so she's she right away decided she'd rather be on the producing side of TV stuff. And so the, the producers of Making It got her on to Making It season three as a producer. Yeah. She had done a couple projects in between the seasons. And so she was on. So I got to hang out with her last time when I was out there. And now she's on my show behind the scenes and having a lot of fun. And she's she's great. So it's 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 been a lot of fun. And we'll say today's the beginning of day three <laughs> and we go until july like the first week of july it's it really 
from what I'm seeing, everything on social media and your tone right now, it seems like a very good energy. It is. It is. I mean, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, my snarkiness and my, my distaste for television <laughs> in general. There's a lot of that. But, you know, we all just roll our eyes out. It's like, of course, of course, we have to do this 45 times because, you know, they want to get 800 camera angles. It's, it also is the first shoot day. So I see all the cameramen and, and all the sound guys. They're like, kind of like, oh, really? We're going to cover this 350 different ways, really? But once they get this one edited, they start to realize the post-production on the set. So they're going to be like, okay, we can dial back the coverage. We don't need to get 300 shots of people dragging plywood right. out of a container. You know, they, they, us getting materials. I'm like, guys, like if this was a YouTube video, you would see my hand on a piece of plywood, and that would be probably about three <laughs> frames of video. And then we'd be on to the next... They're like grab it slowly and make it. And I was like, oh come on, this is this is ridiculous. But like I said, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna start editing right away. There's a guy <laughs> whose job is whose solo job is to download the footage, and they're gonna keep it on like four hard drives. So they'll keep like two here, and they they send two back to LA to post produce. So all that part of the process is really interesting. And, you know, it, the whole thing's being shot in 4K, and all the cameras and the ca- the camera team is is really really into what we're doing they're like they, they of course they're like you know we usually just shoot like people doing nothing people talking people interacting this is all actually people doing stuff so it's fun yeah it's fun for them. it's a change of pace for sure at the end of the day which i don't know what i don't know if that's like five six seven eight o'clock uh are you totally exhausted or are you going right into the other shop and, and filming not yet. I do have to. I, I'm obligated to make a couple of videos this this month. Um, probably going to just work on weekends. And if uh, as far as shooting, it's funny. I, I shot the video of me making the. I made a wooden anvil for Arbor Tech video, and I was. I knew that would be fairly easy video because it's just it's just the time lapse of the same thing happening. And but I had to find the time to do it. And it was the day we were blocking for the very first time, like deciding where people would stand, where the cameras would be for this repetitive opening sequence that we'll do every time in the same way. And so the cameraman would be like, oh, I got to do something. So I'd be like, OK, that means 10 full minutes. OK, cool. And I'd run to the sh- to the part where I was working on the anvil and I would just carve the anvil. And then somebody would come like from the from the edge of the, the yard and the whistle and I'd put my stuff down and run back in there and be like, do some rehearsals. And then as soon as they're like, oh, you know, I want to try this other camera angle. Anytime the cameraman's like, takes a break from the camera, that's like 15 minutes because there's 10 guys that have to decide what's the best angle, what's the focal point, what's the good gel. It's crazy. Huh. And so any, like we all know, like it's going to get even more obvious that any single time the cameraman like have like the slightest hiccup it's coffee break it's time to go to the bathroom it's time to go work on my other youtube video for a few minutes that's wild (laughs) the producer said to me the other day he goes i can't help but think that you're working on like four videos in between everything we're doing at any given moment i was like "Eh, sometimes i am sometimes i'm not like i got a lot of stuff to juggle with that you know like uh me and my me and my, my business partner, Howard, are going back and forth every 10 minutes on this big retail deal we're trying to work out. And you know, right after last night, right after uh, the show, I came inside and worked on PDFs to send to a new factory for new quoting. So I worked on PDFs for a couple hours and I literally conked out at, I think, which is unusual for me, I conked out mm. at 10 o'clock, 10.30, something like that. 
I had the dogs were here with Taylor, and so I went in. Taylor was working on something, and I just went in the bed and laid down with all the dogs just to hang out with the dogs. And I just was like, I was completely out until six o'clock this morning. You probably needed it. Hmm. It's gonna be wild. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how your kind of weekly schedule and daily schedule evolves because it's such a long shoot. I mean, maybe shoots are that long in general, but it that seems long. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see how you kind of go in and out of being busy and, you know, like leaning into the show or leaning out of the show and doing the other stuff. And I, I think it's the, the production team was a little nervous because they all only worked on non-building shows. A couple of, well, there's a couple of people like Justine and there's a couple of other people that came from various building shows, like car building shows, but <clears throat> they're all a little bit nervous for time. So I think they gave us more time than we probably yeah, sure. really need. So what's going to happen is once we shoot this first episode and then they start realizing the redundancy or realizing like what's the good stuff to get, then as we develop more episodes, I think it's going to get tighter. So I think they just left on the back end extra days in case we, we needed them. But I think it's going to go quick. Most of the, It's funny. Most of the team is from Duck Dynasty. So everybody like knows everything <laughs> about Duck Dynasty, like all the producers, all the cameramen, everybody, you know, it's like our community. Everybody knows each other. And so like, if somebody has a gig, oh, yeah. they pull in their friends. I only know duck dynasty from like Twitter memes and things on Facebook. And then like t-shirts you see at Walmart. Like I, I've never seen the show. It's <laughs> yeah. I get, I get to see the show now because they're always like, we're going to do a sequence like this. And so it's like a clip from duck dynasty. Every day they're showing like clip like so you see how this like this type of cinema verite that's how it's going to be. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And that's how I that's how I've got to watch Duck <laughs> Dynasty for the first time. <laughs> and a funny thing, the other night we had a launch party, and Jackman, as a joke, went on eBay and got a Paul Jackman's on the show. Paul Jackman got a, a Duck Dynasty shirt. It's like a brand new Duck Dynasty shirt he got on eBay, and so he was wearing it at the thing, and everybody's like, oh my god. Did you know we all worked on Duck Dynasty? He's like, yeah, that's what I'm wearing on the shirt. Like, so like three people go up to him like, oh my God, did you know that we all worked on Duck Dynasty? He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm wearing the shirt. That's, that's the joke. That's yeah. the joke. Oh, okay. That's funny. That's funny. Well. But other than that, everything's good. And uh, I did my wooden anvil, which was a lot of fun. We did an Arbitech live stream, which I'm sure is on that channel. You could hear me do some Q&A on how I made it. And then I did my crazy coffee maker earlier last week, too. Nice. I got that video out. And that video, I can't believe it, actually, mm. is performing. That was that was more stressful than doing this TV show because I promised my coffee people that I would get that video out. And I was like, yeah, don't worry. I'll do it on Wednesday. No problem. And then I was like, I had nothing. I had zero. I had less than nothing when I said yes. And then I started rummaging around my shop. And, and of course, it came together. That's why I, I trust my pile of garbage. <laughs> trust trust the trash yeah, i mean it it looked really cool i haven't watched the video i didn't know it was out but i saw it on instagram how you had it working and stuff and that was pretty yeah. awesome yeah so. <clears throat> yeah and then the fans of course uh, give me this other guy i can't remember his name uh james hoffman i think it is he's like a coffee expert they're like oh my god hoffman's going to be all over this so he's going to like be, you know he's like a snobby coffee guy from england and uh, what I did learn about is uh, coffee uh, grinding blades, or, or uh, not necessarily chopping blades, but the grinder, coffee grinder, uh, called burr, burr grinder. And I learned about burr grinders, which I didn't know about. So I can actually modify this thing to have burr grinders, which would make it work legit. Right now, it just, it, it's like, it like chops and dices the coffee. It doesn't really grind it. But, but it, the, I, I adjusted it so that I could always change it, because I knew my first approach wasn't yeah. going to be the best. So 
I'll probably never ever get back to it, but if I ever decide to turn into a coffee grinder maker, I'm going to modify my hand crank coffee grinder first. <laughs> well, David, what have you been up to? That's it. I'm curious to see if Jimmy's energy is still the same <laughs> next Wednesday when we record, or if it'll just <laughs> well, be like. I got up at six. <laughs> um, so as soon as we get done with the podcast today, I'm releasing my speaker build cool. video. Really happy with the way this this video came out. I've made speakers in the past, and usually it's it's just kind of uh, we don't care about the the science. We're going to ignore that and just kind of build something fun and just make speakers. And then this time, um, using some high end components and like followed all the internal dimensions and everything, and, and did everything right. And it came out really, really good. There, uh, it's a two parter. So this first part is just like the the technical stuff and building the the enclosures and then part two which probably be a month or so uh we'll i'll skin them i'll do the finishing and, and make stands for them and um i am not an audiophile i love music i love making music but i mean i don't know what high-end speakers really sound like my ears are shot from playing music and maybe not wearing hearing protection when I should. And uh, so I, I made them and then I took them in the living room. We, we tested them the that particular day that I made them and they worked. I'm like, oh, great. And then I kind of sat for a couple of weeks before I edited the video. So in the video, I do an AB test between the 70 speakers and the speakers that I built. And the 70 speakers are huge. They're like the floor standing ones and they got a big, I don't know, 10 inch woofer in there and uh uh, a tweeter and whatever the the mid range speaker is called, and the they they sound so different. Mm-hmm. Like the new one sounds so good. Like there's like I didn't I didn't realize the old one sounded so bad until I compared them to the new ones, and uh, it's just like the the other ones just sound muddy. Audio is a weird thing to describe, but there's like no definition in like the lower end. So I'm really excited about this this video and so if there are any other speaker builders out there who have suggestions on what to do for skinning or finishing um, I'm very curious I have somewhat of an idea I think I want to do like a like a wood acrylic mixture and then combine like the speaker kind of flows into its stand Hmm. so it's almost looks like it's one piece or at least how they're made to go together so there's there's that and then uh, a few days this is a weird thing a few days ago i put out a video on making a hammer handle i uh had that hammer that i bought from brent bailey and i broke the handle and so i quick video on making a, a new handle and i think i released it on friday and it as as youtubers will know what i'm talking about it, it came out 10 of 10 like just not performing People are, are, are not clicking on it and not watching it. So I changed the thumbnail and I changed the title 10 for 10. So like, w- which means it's the 10th out of the last 10 videos, it's performing the worst. And I'm like, well, I'll just have to accept it. You know, not every video is, is a banger. So, and then something happened on Sunday. I don't know where it got shared because YouTube doesn't share that information anymore, but then it just shot way up to Whoa. two of 10. Like, and YouTube said, like, uh, you're getting a lot of external sources for this video. 
but YouTube doesn't show you where those sources are. So I don't know if it got shared with like a magazine or a TV show or s- somebody famous, but for whatever reason, like three days later, that video just shot way up in, huh. in view. So crazy. That's why there's always, there's always promise. There's yeah, always, yeah. It, it could always happen. I, I gave up on it and then, and there was quite the turnaround. That's pretty well. That's great. That's happened with a few of my videos. My like one of my top uh, like one of my top five performing videos of all time is the is the push pin video, which I put out like it was like the third video I ever made ever, and it just bumped along for like six or seven years, and then out of nowhere, it just started getting crazy views. So it was like five or six years in when it like started to break millions of views. Hmm. It was always like bumping along at a couple hundred thousand views for like six years, seven years. And now it's almost always in like the top five performing videos, like every time I check. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's crazy. Um, let's see. For me, uh, we took a break from the kitchen. I didn't really take a break. We're taking a break from kitchen videos. Let's say it that way. Um, and so to tomorrow, today's Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow, the video that's coming out is just a fun uh, idea we had a while back. So we took a wall safe. You can get these safes, and this is a, a cheap safe. Like, this is for fun. I want to be really clear about that and not try to act like this is a secure solution for anything. We bought a wall safe from Harbor Freight, and you cut out the drywall in between two studs, and it fits right in, and then you screw it from the inside. You screw it into the studs. So we got one of those and then made a picture to go, like a, a simple picture frame to go over top of it to hide it. But then the way that that picture is mounted on the wall is a puzzle. So it's on the wall, but you have to move blindly. You have to move the picture through a puzzle to get it to come off the wall. And then we put in uh, some little stuff within that puzzle to make it trigger noises and stuff if you if you hit the wrong places if you go the wrong direction so it's really difficult to get into the safe without notifying somebody else that you're there and so we did this this whole thing and it was goofy and and fast and um i don't know i i haven't seen the video yet because we're still working on it we're like you know we finished it yesterday afternoon the video is supposed to go out tomorrow so we're you know behind on that but it was a really fun thing to come up with and put together really quickly and i think it's a clever little idea so that's the thing. I I always love I always love wall safes. I had a couple of them in my time, and you guys might may or might not know to get in and out of my workshop. I have a wall safe in the door, mounted at the side of the door in my mm-hmm. my scrappy workshop. You have to dial the safe to open it up to reach in to open up the, the overhead door with the electronic <laughs> button. So that's how you know how difficult it is if you have like a four yeah. number safe combination. You know, it's like you usually got to dial it four, three, two, one, like pass the number, and no one understands that ever. Like I could literally, I have a safe which I keep cash in. I can show ten people how to open it and do a lesson on it and walk away, and not one of them will be able to open it. <laughs> you need to like it, like the 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 method of opening a dial combination safe needs to literally be taught and handed down from person to person. That's why I have all these safes that are just locked forever because. I've actually seen safes inside of like antique shops. Like we have the combination, but we don't know how to use it. So yeah, like, you know, if you want it, it's, you know, whatever. Cause I've collected a few old safes. 
In fact, I almost brought a, I almost bought a locked one. It's probably still available. It's a couple towns away up here in upstate New York. I, I already wrote with her, and she's like, "Yeah, it's here. Come get it." And I just haven't had a chance so to leave. So what's what's the idea it. there to buy a safe that you don't that you can't open and you don't know what's in it? Just the. Uh, well, for me, she, she, I mean, she's like, there's nothing in it. I know there's nothing safe, but like, it's kind of like the family just doesn't know how to open it anymore. But the idea is to try, I was going to get it to try and do like a, a, maybe a YouTube clip or maybe an Instagram video of me trying to crack the safe. That'd be fun to try and figure out how to get in the safe and not necessarily like figure out the combination, but there's other mechanical ways of getting in there with also, you know, with, with, with keeping the integrity of the safe. Cause a lot of times it's unfortunate. Like you see in junkyards, like a safe that's in the junkyard, that's some, idiot without any uh you know compassion for antiques would like smack the dial off like this is what people think first thing i do is break the dial off like okay now yeah. i can't turn it and i can't open it so it's <laughs> like <laughs> or you break the hinges off and those doors are all designed to stay locked whether the hinges are cut off completely or not because of the configuration of the doors and the pins so it's unfortunate that people take these beautiful antiques and destroy them but uh yeah i was going to just try and see if i could it's still a viable option i might send aaron to go get it uh, it's while I'm working, but it's a, a viable option to a uh, viable option. What I meant to say is it's, it's cool to have a wall safe. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool to have a wall safe and like, you know, what's in there. There's, Nobody else does. And only yeah, you guys well, know how to open it. Everybody that watches everybody the video. Watches yeah, the video. That's, <laughs> and that's gonna. I know. <laughs> I, I just know every time we do anything that has like a secret thing to it or a hidden thing, as soon as it goes into a video, everybody's like, Oh, well now the whole world knows about it. It's not secret anymore. Like, uh, well, yeah, but that's kind of like yeah. the fun of it. I mean, it's not supposed to be actually secret. You think I take actually secret things and put them on the internet? No, I don't. But anyway, this was a, a pretty fun little, Did little the- thing we put together. So that's what we've been up to. When we were talking last week, you had not picked up the car yet. No, right? I hadn't even mentioned it. It was an after show thing. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah I'm so confused. Oh, so we, we could, could talk uh, about it here. <laughs> Not yet. We can bleep that. Not yet. We'll, we'll mention it in the after okay. show. Okay. We'll just yeah. yeah Keep your we'll mouth shut, Pachito. But I do have a question, actually, Jimmy. Since we're we're gonna run short today, and so maybe you have some uh, insight here. So I started looking for a sandblaster for uh, some restoration, and looking into getting an effective sandblaster is, you know, the, the blaster itself is just a container like with a gravity feed uh, or a siphon feed or whatever. That's cheap, mm-hmm. but that has to be powered by a compressor and the compressors that are powerful enough and have a consistent enough pressure to, f- to make that work are really, really expensive. <laughs> like, well, to be, to be honest, I mean, uh, it's obviously yeah. it's all relative, but you can get a great 80-gallon compressor from Lowe's. I recently bought my second 80-gallon compressor from Lowe's, and it came damaged, and I complained about it online because the guys at the store kind of ignored me. And then the uh, social media people at, at Lowe's like jumped all over it and got me sorted out. They sent me a new one. But these 80-gallon compressors, it's either 80 or 60, I forget, but okay. it's pretty large. And for what you want to do on your double secret project that I know about, what you want to do on that, it's definitely more than enough. Because when you when you sandblast, you don't want to be like, you're not going to be just holding that nozzle. You want yeah. to... Especially something that's on location that's not in a booth type of thing like that, like a larger thing. Like I sandblasted an old printing press once. And so what I did, I went to Harbor... No, not Harbor Freight. Uh, I went to Tractor Supply 
and they sell these big tanks. It's like a siphon mm-hmm. tank, and you could put beach sand in it, but you might, maybe beach sand is too aggressive. You could put um, the stuff they sell at the store. They sell it in five-gallon pails. You dump it in the top of the thing, and it has this big open hose. And so those compressors from Lowe's are 500 mm. bucks. Which, like I said, it's all relative. It is a lot of money. But when you see certain compressors online, like the big Ingersoll Rands and those like three phase, you know, those could be four yeah. and five thousand dollars. But these compressors from Lowe's for 500 bucks, I think are a great deal. And like I said, I have two of them and I have a smaller one from Lowe's, like a, I think it's like a 50 gallon or a 40 gallon. That's the one I use for my plasma cutter. And that was like 300 bucks, which was great. And then the show, because we have the new ShopBot which runs the tool changer on air. It needs a dedicated compressor that we're not going to be fiddling with. So we bought a little, uh, I think they, it might be a Craftsman. I think they got it at Lowe's. I think it's a Craftsman uh, compressor. And that's like a little 30 gallon. And that, that works great too. And you could, like I said, if you go in in spurts, you don't necessarily need a huge right. machine. Like you give, like you see like CFM and all this stuff, you know, cubic feet per minute and all that other stuff. And, you know, I don't really understand that language. Like my other guys on my other podcasts, like speak in CFM all the time. I don't know what that means. And even Aaron understands that language. I just go, if I just don't let a lot of air out, I'll be okay. <laughs> you know, if I, if you just like work slowly and let the compressor yeah. keep up with you, it's like, <clears throat> you know, when Taylor was using, we had this small California air compressor, which I think was a 20 gallon, which we still use. It's a great air compressor because it's considerably yeah, that's what I have. quieter. And that's their big sales pitch, the killer. And Taylor was using the die grinder. And she's and we go, yeah. and then the compressor go the entire time. She's like, this doesn't work great. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work yeah. with it. You gotta like nurture the compressor. You know, you gotta let well, it. Well, and I think that's the big you. thing that, you know, doing the research on the, the sandblaster is just having the volume, the CFM is the volume of air over time. And so having that number as big as possible so that you can continue to work nonstop as long as possible. And, you know, most of the, com- or most of the blasters talk about like a minimum of six CFM or even 10 CFM. And when you look for compressors that can do that, that's when the price goes like, zip. it's like all the, the 500 and below dollar ones are not, you know, the, the CFMs like, one and a half or three or something like that. And maybe that's enough. I guess my question to you was experientially is a cheaper compressor, cheaper being in the $500 range. Does that work? And so I guess you're saying as long as you're kind of feathering the trigger, it should be able to keep up. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, the other thing too, is that that project that I have intimate knowledge of is that uh, because I'm on the inside, but if, It seems like a lot of uh, when when something like that is as rusty as that is, I think a lot of it is just replacing the metal as much as possible. You do want to get rid of a lot of surface rust, and uh, you could also mm. use wire wheel. One thing I learned though, you could use a wire wheel to get rid of a lot of the like the real deep dimples. When it's when the metal's like eighty percent good, but it has a lot of surface dimples, you could just use a wire wheel to get rid of that. Sandblasting obviously is good because it keeps it cold. Because when you're wire wheeling, metal could get hot and expand. And then you put a little wrinkle in it that you don't really see until oh. you're too far down the road, okay. you know? So that's another good thing to remember. So if you do wire wheel it, you want to go quickly and, you know, you don't want to just hold on a spot because yeah. that spot will get hot and that metal's just going to go boink. And then you don't, you don't, won't see it until, you know, you're, you're further down in the finishing. But, you know, can also, if you're heating up, if you're, if you're going to be wire wheeling pits out of surface metal, <coughs> 
presumably you're going to go back and, and put yeah. you know filler over that stuff. So after you get your air compressor, you might want to look into a plasma cutter because that will take great advantage of that big old air compressor. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's true. It might too, actually yeah. be helpful on it's this easy project way to too. Remove yeah, to, metal. to remove sections. Huh. Yeah, I, we're this week going to start on shooting some stuff around that project. So we'll we'll talk about it soon. But I'm I'm pretty stoked. I have a lot of like. Uh, I was talking to the guys yesterday. I have a lot of like internal momentum on this new project, but I also want to like get something done on it before I really talk about it publicly. That's just how I am. Not that it's really that secret, but but it's it's like I, I did a similar project this winter, and like I said uh, before, maybe in private or maybe on the after show. It's like once you get started, you, it's it's like. <laughs> It's like it's like taking on a pet elephant as as a pet and like feeling the responsibility of it and making sure you don't let it die and knowing that it's a complicated pet to take care of but you want to do yeah. the right thing by that right <laughs> yeah so that's that's coming soon and I'm I'm pretty excited about that um but it it does kind of bring up the thing of I have this project this it's it's a new a new category for me to work in and so now, and I knew this would happen going into it, but now I'm looking at like, well, there's a bunch of tools that would make this project a lot easier, faster, like the compressor or like the sandblaster that I just don't have yet. And so now I'm trying to not only balance the cost of the project itself, but the cost of the tools to do the project the right way and trying to make sure that I don't, because sometimes I'll have a habit of like, oh, there's a new thing. I'm going to go buy all the things I need for that thing right now, all at once. So I have them all. And then you get into it and you're like, well, I didn't actually need this thing or I got one that's too strong or not strong enough or whatever. And so I'm trying to kind of temper that. Like, I just want to go buy all the things. So I've got it all ready for whenever, you know. Well, don't forget there's a million guys like us that get excited and buy tools <laughs> And then they realize That's they true. never even take them out of the box. And then <laughs> Facebook Marketplace is the best place to get stuff. <laughs> I have I'm actually you can Google nail clippers on Facebook Marketplace, and you could get really good deals on nail clippers. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. any category. So type in Sandblaster, and you know, in where you are, and you will absolutely find good deals on the tools you need. Obviously, if you get a branding partnership, that's a different story. But if you end up not wanting to spend full price like that sandblaster that i bought from tractor supply to sandblast and i'm going to also sandblast the uh, the frame for the power hammer that i'm doing uh, ultimately probably won't be able to do that till late summer but that's also a sandblasting situation mm. where it's outside and you got to also be really careful if you're going to sandblast outside that there aren't that there isn't exposed glass around you don't want to you know you don't want your family car to get sandblasted you don't want uh windshields to get sandblasted and you know so when i did my stuff i made sure all my cars and my neighbor's cars were moved outside the shop because you're doing it outside and uh you know you can try and contain it but i'm telling you you're going to go to bed with Mm. sand in your ears it's it's impossible they give you these hoods they have these hoods and stuff but all that whole contraption was i was it had to be somewhere in the vicinity of 100 bucks you know, and, and then a bucket of five a five gallon bucket of the aggregate that you blow through it there's various versions just like sandpaper you know, the yeah. 30 bucks, you know, so I think you're, you're, you know, you're looking at uh, a minimal investment. Like I said, it's all relative to your personal situation, but you might go on Craigslist and get that same exact thing, brand new, used twice, Yeah, you know, for yeah. half the price that I've you would get at a tractor supply. But... 
No luck yet. <laughs> but anyway, David, were you going to say something? I have in the past got excited about a project, bought the tools, and then when it comes time to do the project, I have not used, I didn't use some of the tools in the video because I felt like these tools might be mm. out of the reach of somebody in the audience. So the Festival Domino is is one of those examples. Like, I thought I'm going to use this on all the projects, but it turns out like a lot of the audience doesn't have that. And sometimes that plays into whether I, or not I use a tool and sometimes it doesn't. And so I don't use the Domino nearly as much as I could because I want to show an easier way. So yeah, I get excited about tools and then buy them and then maybe not use them sometimes they and in the end they get yeah. used but they they might not get used the way well, I and it, they that would. is a tough thing to juggle because even stuff like the the bridge fort for me i've i haven't used it very many times in a video but there have been a few times where i like could have used it and it would have made it simpler but it's not necessary and that kind of raises the in in the mind of the viewer that raises the requirement for the project you know and yeah so it's kind of a weird thing because like you you get a tool that you're excited about that you want to use because you want to use it and then you you know trying to be cautious of of the people's reaction and I don't mean that in like a a worrisome way but you want it to be relatable right you want it to, you want people to appreciate right. it and be able to like see themselves in something so you don't want to just use everything but that's a tough one but uh, it's about ten minutes until Jimmy has to go. And we still need to do an after show. So we're going to do a super quick after show. And I'm going to talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that secret project in the after show. So the, the beep. Um, so really quickly, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters. And then you guys have something to recommend. We got just a couple minutes. So we got to do this. Ready? Okay. I can. I, I, did I don't have anything. We'll have to skip Okay. <laughs> we'll skip that section of this week. Uh, I did a, come on. I did okay. a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait, can you hear me? Yeah, Am let I me do the Patreon stuff real quick. Oh, Big thanks to our Patreon me. supporters. You know who you are. We're really grateful for you. Same thing I say every week because it's true. Uh, you're all awesome. Especially thanks to Odin Leather Goods, Corey from Makeshape Create, Rich at Lowen Designs, Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations. You can make this too. Chad from Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, and Corey Ward. And we're going to give you an after show this week. It's going to be shorter than usual. But uh, if you want to join that crew and help us out, we've had a lot of new patrons over the last couple of weeks, and that's really awesome. Glad to have everybody aboard. Um, anybody else that wants to join, can go to patreon.com slash making it. Go, Jimmy, go! Hmm. Oh, I just, I did a, an episode of a podcast with a young uh, budding comedian. His name is Giles. I don't know what his last name is. It doesn't seem to be in any of the correspondence we had. His name is Giles, <clears throat> and his podcast is named Dr. Chickering's podcast. And I I wish I knew it because it, it, it cuts off on the podcast list. I'm going to have to send you guys a link. Dr. Chickering's podcast for, and then I can't read the rest of the words. But I'm episode 168, and we taught, he started the podcast because of COVID because uh, he couldn't go out and do stand-up. And it was, it was a great, great conversation with somebody who was very well-researched on me. He had a lot of interesting questions to ask me because he was very interested in like the television stuff. He's he's a budding entertainer and he wants to know more about how to be on TV. He's also a maker, but he was really more interested in like my television mm. stuff. And uh, so uh, that's uh, Dr. Chicken podcast, podcast for champions. That's if what's you called. Google it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what it says. Uh, uh, Dr. Chickering's and it's a blue 
uh, high contrast photograph of him as the as the meme. It's funny how important people don't underestimate the importance of that little meme and how you can describe it to somebody to search for podcast. Anyway, that's it. I'll send you guys cool. the link to put it. in the show notes. Well, not your episode, but. Cool. Uh, got that one. The one thing I want to recommend is a video that came out a couple weeks ago by Mark Rober, and it's called The Truth About My Son. And I've known Mark for several years, and I've met his son. His son is art- autistic and one of the sweetest kids in the absolute world, like ever. And so he did a video. He's always tried to keep his son kind of hidden away for to protect their family and protect, you know, not have to deal with the internet because the internet could be terrible. But he made this video uh, about his son talking about autism, and I cried like a baby. I mean, Mark's a super sweet guy, and the video was incredibly thoughtful and well-made. And just as a parent watching him talk and know, knowing how hard it would be to be in that situation and publicly talk about all the stuff and, and you know just like put your family stuff out there. It was, man, it wrecked me, but it's, it's beautiful. And I immediately stopped the video and like sent him a message thanking him for doing it. Cause it just, it is going to mean a lot to a lot of people. It's a beautiful video and will definitely pull on your heartstrings. So, you know, if you want to cry today, if you're looking for uh, just something to cause you to stop, <laughs> go watch a video. It is really, really good. And I was very proud of him uh, for, for doing that. Cause it's, it would take a lot, a lot more than I have. So, Yes. Okay. Real quick, I got I found something. I'm going to recommend our, our friend Joel at 3D Printing Nerd. He has a live oh, yeah. video stream coming up with Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris put out a, a, a yeah, he put out a thing saying I need a 3D printer. Where do I start? And a bunch of fans just said you have to check out uh, the 3D Printing Nerd. And so they got together. They're going to do a live stream. And I think Neil Patrick Harris follows the three of us on really? on Instagram. Really, um, I know he follows me and, uh, and Ben Ueda. Um, yeah, he he doesn't follow a lot of people, but he follows me for some reason. He's never interacted with me or anything. And uh, how do you but, know um, who's followed you? That's one thing I never understood. <laughs> you got to get you got to be really bored one day and just go through your your your. Well, your we're gonna followers. save our. <laughs> Actually, somebody brought it to my Twitter lesson for Jimmy for uh, for th- not this show. We're gonna do that in the after show because we got to go. <laughs> he doesn't follow me. Aww. <laughs> Somebody get Neil Patrick yeah. Harris to follow me. My people. <laughs> cool. Well, sorry it's a quick show, everybody, but thank you for being here. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Love you.